It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is 1 o'clock. It is officially the weekend of week one, and we are fired up in here. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton. The mics are working, and they are on, (laughs) and here we are. So uh, we are going to break down a lot of different things from this Washington uh, Eagles week one mashup. Yeah, mashup. Yeah, buddy. Uh, and uh, I, I got to say, I'm feeling pretty, feeling pretty good about it. And there's a, a, a lot of stuff to get into. We will have uh, Sean Brace on at 2:40 to bring back the NFL picks for the first time this year. NFC least coming your way at 1:40. We're basically just going to make fun of Washington for 10 minutes, which is very enjoyable. But uh, we have some uh, some interesting news coming from Jeff McLean first, and I thought the the timing. On this was very interesting as well, two days before the season. But Jeff McClain last night at about, I, I saw it at 1 a.m., uh, comes out and says, hey, um, sounds like Jim Schwartz might be angling for a head coaching job in-house. Talked to a couple of players that were in there. And, and, yeah, obviously, it's all anonymous. And I know when you hear the word anonymous, people go, oh, well, that could be anybody. And you're making it up. I, I do think this is rather significant. And uh, we're going to get into it a little bit, James. But, uh, you know, when when you hear players saying it looks like he's walking around the building, like he's a head coach already, and there was even a a line in there, which I thought was pretty funny, that Jeff McLean said, where where he walks by personnel, he doesn't say anything. So, yeah, I guess that emotional intelligence doesn't stretch all the way to everybody in the NFL. Uh, But when we think back to the process of Doug Peterson being here, 
and uh, and and how it came about. And he obviously didn't hire Jim Schwartz. Uh, and I don't even. Well, Jim Schwartz wasn't even the first selection to be a D coordinator for the Eagles. It was Spags. They were trying to get Spags in here. That was the early reports. And now into season two, Doug's not quite bad enough. And all of a sudden, you have Mike Lombardi from from this past week, kind of setting the tone, and everybody reacted to it, and all of Philadelphia somehow grouped up to defend Doug Peterson, which I thought was hilarious. But now. Now this is this is pretty significant. I think if there's Eagles players saying like, "Hey, uh, yeah, it looks like he's trying to angle shoot here for a head coaching job." What do you make of all this? Yeah. Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, officially, uh, twenty three hours and fifty six minutes to Eagles football. Hey, hell yes, uh, Johnny. Um, it's not good, right? Like this is not. This is absolutely. And I saw it right around like twelve thirty one o'clock as well. Uh, I don't know why I was up so late, but I was. Um, I, I look, Cinemax? It, yeah, Cinemax? obviously, John, I'm trying, <laughs> come on, man. I got to keep some things close to the vest. Uh, look, it, it, look, you don't want this coming out the day before the season, right? The, however you want to take it. I think the fact that players in the locker room and, and look, it's a difference between one anonymous source. And I talked to multiple players, multiple people in that building who had these things to say. Um, I, it, that, look, I, I think the big issue when you read it is, is the first thought is, wow, that's totally believable. Like, I could absolutely see yeah. this happening. It makes sense with the Lombardi thing. Him and Schwartz are super close, as McLean points out. Um, look, I, I just think the timing of it is the real big issue with me. You guys know I'm not Doug Peterson's biggest fan, but at the same time, even I have been there defending Doug a little bit this week. Uh, I just think it's not it's not what you want BLG coming out the day before the season starts in terms, especially in, and we've talked so much in this city about having a, a organization without chaos, without, you know, everything just always seeming to be an issue. BLG, this seems like just another thing that is, is an issue. It's not nothing, right? Yeah. Like we can all agree. It's not just, yeah, it's not like, nothing. oh, you know, no see, biggie, but that's the problem. And I, and I, I've seen the reaction to this article. Um, it's just really, really, I, I just can't get how, Every time there's negative news like this, it's fake. It's it's not it's not oh it's just be it's just reporters stirring stuff up before the season. It's not what I wanted to hear, so it can't be true. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Come on, guys. No, yeah. I get that because like no one wants to see this on the, the day before the season. Like we can all agree on that too. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean yeah. it's not there and it's not real. And the fact that you know, because turn it the other way around. If this was something like Eagles are interested in inquiring. Le'Veon Bell. People be like, oh man, that's awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think, well, you know, some people might not like it, but I think a lot of people. So it's it's just like this negative thing, and people aren't liking it, so they start to question it. The way I look at it is it might not matter at all. Like, if Doug wins, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter at all. Yeah. at all. Like, or at least not, I don't think a lot. But if he loses, <laughs> this if, team's one in three. Yeah, if he loses, buddy. yo. Then I think, like, we're kind of thinking about it a little more. And I think there's. I mean, if you, and you just, again, just going back to how this all came about, which I think people tend to forget. I mean, I would assume that it is, I don't, it's like, I don't want to say divided locker room is the terms of like, oh, we're fighting against each other. But I do think there are two significant forms of power in that locker room. We don't call him GM Schwartz well, yes, for no exactly, reason. Exactly. Right? He has all of he the, has power. He's got the grocery list and he's in the store and he's going, I need this, 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 and this. I haven't seen that from Doug Peterson, and I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing, you know? So I, I, when you're in charge of your side of the ball, and Doug doesn't really look like he is, uh, it's it, it again just raises the question, 
what is going on and who's really in control of this team. Well, especially when you think about the fact that who did they hire first? I mean, Jim Schwartz was coming in before Peterson was. I mean, so you look at when they go out and they're like, all right, we're hiring a head coach, the guy who's going to run this franchise, but we're going to pick his D coordinator for him. He's going to be a guy who's been a head coach in the league, who is incredibly well-respected throughout the league. You know, it just... It felt like at the time one of those things where it's, you know, like you're like, okay, good, Doug has mm-hmm. some Does good. Does that process sound familiar? Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much. That's exactly. Who hired a defensive line coach before they hired their defensive coordinator? <laughs> that's exactly right. It just it, it was an it, offensive line coach. Yes. It, 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 <laughs> yes. Because nobody said, I'm not I'm not working with Jim Washburn and be like, what do we got left? I don't know. This works. Yeah. Let's yeah. just roll with this. That's my guy. He'll figure it out. So, I, I like, it, I, again, I, I don't think it can be understated how, again, a great point. If they win, winning cures all, it doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't no matter. one's going no one's going after Doug. Like if they're winning, they're winning. But if not, it's just like the 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 wolves will be out that much quicker. And then the it's one thing if we're all out, if the media, if the fan base is like, oh, you know, Doug's the worst. It's another thing if it's happening in that locker room. And that that's, you know, if their guys in that locker room are like Jim Schwartz would be a better head coach for us, that's a real problem. Yeah. And it's it's funny too, because during this week as well as you know, players are getting asked about it. Jeffrey Laurie is getting asked about uh, the Lombardi comments and do they feel confident? And it was all just, you know, yeah, it was, uh, he's a good coach. It's, it's, I think that's overblown. And obviously the ownership and the GM are going to defend that outright with the hot takes and the clickbait, which I thought was very funny from Jeffrey Lloyd this past week. Also just just like waking up and be like, I think I want to talk to everybody today. (laughs) Uh, And I, 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 but what I will say is I didn't notice, and maybe I'm reading too much into this. I didn't notice any of the players going, that's absolute BS. Doug's a great coach. Je- I didn't notice Jeffrey Laurie. I mean, Laurie was like, oh, he's improving. You know? you know, he's, yeah, things are getting better. He did not come out and say, stop this crap. Like, Doug Peterson is the head coach of this football team. We believe in him. He is our guy. Like, that was not how he answered the question. And to your point, BLG, about people just kind of like poo-pooing this and setting on the side, remember where you were uh, with Deshaun Jackson. Uh, remember uh, where you were this offseason with Jordan Matthews. He's not getting traded, John. <laughs> this is ridiculous. They, they're the thousand, you're giving up a thousand wide, wide receiver. And I guarantee you, whatever happens after this game, in a loss it'll be magnified, in a win it'll be poo-pooed. Absolutely. Because by the time it rolls around to Tuesday and you have your press conference there, Jim Schwartz will come out, whoever will come out that week and said, that's preposterous. And it, you know, it doesn't, but I and mean, that proves it. And that proves it. Yeah. Because, because he came <laughs> out and says it. So I don't know. I, and I'm curious on your thoughts on, on all this stuff. One, does it really matter? Do you think this is significant? How ugly do you think it's going to get if Doug loses early? And then, you know, it, it, let's say it does go to crap. Do you really want Jim Schwartz head coaching this football team? No. Do you want to go out, see outside help if this is, an absolute disaster. 888-729-9494. It's good. Our good friend Sharif. What's up, buddy? And nice to have What's going on, pal? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, good show as usual. I'm actually sending you guys. I was just about to send you guys. I was tagging uh, all you guys on there. Uh, <laughs> on the Twitter.com. I, 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 I saw it. Right, so um, the, the first thing is August 27th, Jim, uh, McLean writes an article on how the players don't really like Jim Schwartz. And that they have a like sort of a contentious relationship. He had called out Mills or Watkins or something like that immediately before saying that we don't throw players underneath the bus. And then he called out a player, and <laughs> they had a rocky relationship. As a matter of fact, one of the wires, um, one of the uh, Detroit uh, uh, play, um, blogs, picked it up and said, "Like this sounds like old Jim Schwartz." So and then now Jeff McClain writes another article that he's vying for a head coaching job. 
vocal, which players, for I understand, don't like him. And also, he's been one of the most losing head coaches uh, uh, in in a league. And it's like, so what he's made think that, like, how do people even think that he's coming for a head coaching job when no one wants him to be a head coach? The players don't want him to be a head coach. So where does Jim, this come from? That- Jim Schwartz wanting to be a head coach. That's where it's coming from, Sharif. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, whether he – now, then the, you raise an important point here. Even if he's angling for the job, there's no guarantee they're going to hand it over to him or that they want yeah. him in there. Yeah, I right. mean, like, it, I, I, it's, it would be more to my point of, like, I don't want Jim Shorten being a head coach of this team. I think he's perfect where he's at as a D coordinator, and he should get all the free agents a ton of money this year. That's that's his job. And I got to pick with Galton real fast, man. I'm about to, you know, I, I've Uh-oh. been seeing you on Twitter, man. You've been going crazy. I've seen your article about Kareem Hunt. And this is my only thing about this. It's like, Uh-oh. yes, they, they made a mistake. They, they should have drafted a better running back. Should they have traded up? And that's something that we can debate whether or not they should have traded up for uh, for for Hunt or not. Because the way they were angling was that it's it's we have bigger needs at cornerback position, which is why they got Douglas. Then we have a running back position that we believe we can find in the later rounds. And maybe they made a mistake by uh, getting Pumphrey versus uh, I don't know who who's drafted after Pumphrey that they made uh, the notation about, but. This is every single draft. How many people? No, Sean Moreno was drafted before McCoy. How mm-hmm. many people was drafted before Deshaun Jackson? So it was a. It was like a line that could drafted two spots before Jordan Hicks. This is the way football goes. You 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 make the best assessment that you possibly can, and if you get three or four starters out of a draft, that's considered a success in my opinion. Oh, and Sharif, I, I, and and you raised some good points here. Thanks, and I'm going to let BLG respond because I I I feel that this has been <laughs> trust me in the text thread. It's an ongoing thing for the last two days, but I, I I agree with Sharif in the point of I think what sometimes gets lost in Brandon's criticism is that all of a sudden the draft isn't good anymore. I don't think that's what you're saying. I still think that the draft itself was a success because you got Derek Barnett. I, you know, it's still up in the air, and obviously it's all projection with Sidney Jones, but I still feel very confident that that's going to work out for them. I still think Razul Douglas is going to be a great corner, but after that process, I hated day three when it happened. I still kind of hate day three now. I didn't expect Matt Collins to be what he is. So that's that's a nice little bonus, but pretty much everything after that, it was a little muddled. I think it's very important that you you are frustrated by that because even with the corners, BLG, you still end up with Mills and somebody that's not on this football team that wasn't drafted and certainly wasn't signed in free agency, was traded for late in this process. You end up with none of the guys that you drafted in the second or third round on this football team and that's an issue. And when you're talking about, okay, well, are we really talking about this if Dalvin Cook is selected in the second round and you still end up with Darby and Mills? Yeah, so here's my thing with the running back position. In the post that I wrote on <laughs> BleedingGreenNation.com, you have to understand, first of all, a lot of this is me ranting. I called it a rant for a reason. It's my personal preference to some extent because what did I say for like all last year and all of these preview podcasts, <laughs> just give me a run. I just wanted a running. Like that's all. It's the, like the main thing I wanted. So personally, it was really frustrating because I've explained it time. Here we go. Oh, time yeah. after time after time. There it is. About give me a little slayer in the back. Let it out, BLG. They needed a running back because Carson Wentz is throwing like just way too much. Through he threw almost the same amount of attempts in his rookie season that he threw in four years of college combined. They needed someone to take the pressure off of him. It wasn't just about Kareem Hunt. It wasn't just about that. They they didn't necessarily need to trade up. My point was that they could have when you look at the picks that the Chiefs gave up, and they were less than what the Eagles 
had. The Eagles easily could have made that move if they wanted to. They didn't. That's fine. You're not going to nail every draft pick, but I don't want to hear that thing you have to pick where you're going to be weak at. They didn't have to be weak at running back. It was a great class. They spent a fourth and a seventh on Pumphrey, who that's the thing. Sometimes you're going to make bad picks. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty reasonable person. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not, this isn't me like, oh, every, every prick needs to be a Hall of Famer. Like, that's not what I'm saying here. Just I'm, a starter, right? Yeah. yeah. Just, just an NFL <laughs> player. Well, no, just an NFL. How about a like an NFL player? If you right. trade up for him, yeah, I'm, if I'm you trade up for a fourth round 100%. pick, that player should be an NFL player, not a guy who was a fifth string running back who didn't even deserve to be on the team because Byron Marshall is better than him who's on the practice squad. So it's just like they, they needed, and here's the one last point on this. The whole, what was the main objective of the offseason? Get weapons for Carson Wentz. Yes. And they just didn't, at the running back position, they totally failed to do it, and that's why I'm frustrated. Yeah, no, and I just want to hammer home the point that not only, like, I As you're I don't holding think, a bat right now. Yes, I am. I'm holding a bat right now. I'm, <laughs> so getting, I'm, I'm feeling very threatened in the studio. Uh, it's a wiffle bat. Let's all chill out here. Uh, no, but just to hammer home that point, like, it's not it's not just that they didn't add a running back and they attempted to a Pumphrey. They missed Huge. I mean, we're going to look back at this class. Obviously, the five guys who went in the first three rounds, you know, Hunt and Cook and all those guys. I mean, it looks like it like could be that 2014 wide receiver class. Like that, at least the early early returns are this could be, we look back as the best running back class in the history of the sport, or certainly the last like 20 years or whatever. And the Eagles came out of it with Donald Pumphrey. I mean, you know, that that that's an issue. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like that. It feels like coming out with Jordan Matthews and Josh Huff. Meanwhile, yes, there's, you know, exactly the plethora of other freaking wide receivers in that class. And that's what I'm saying. All offseason, we said CB, well, wide receiver, and they took care of that in free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was receiver locked in. Was which we, which so we thought we, they we would do, too. We thought they would go receiver in free agency. The next thing on that list was corner. That was by by everybody's... You know, yep. look at this. That w- That's what it was. Pass rusher was there, too. That was kind of 1A, 1B. The fourth or third thing on this list was definitely running back. Yep. And when we ask and we said, listen, yes, it's hard to draft anyway. It is hard to draft three good players in any draft. But when the class meets with your needs and you end up, just like BLG is yes. saying. Howie and Doug called it an historic. Historic. That's historic. the other thing, too. They said they that. Said like, it. what happened? I'm with you. They did. They came out and made, a, like, a strong point. Both guys. Joe, too. Douglas said it, too. Yeah. Like, this is a historic running back class. We got Donnell Pumphrey. And you're going to miss. You're going to miss. It's day three. But you traded up for him. You know, you yeah. said, this guy's our guy, and we're going to, and you know, and, and the, the, for the 20th year in a row, it seems like. This is the guy that replaces Darren Sproles in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. And why did they think it was going to work? Why? Like, what was never, the process? And the, the thing is, the thing that was largely ignored, no punt returning skills at all yes. in college. Never yes. did it once. No kickoffs. Out. Corey Clement, an undrafted free agent, is going to be back there with Wendell Smallwood on kickoffs. So... <laughs> Yeah, again, and, I don't know and, what's and happening. I like Clement, but like the one place he looks extremely slow is when he's back there. Yes. Like, he looks what is, so slow back there. What is what you know? And you and I guess you can't risk Nelson Aguilar being back there anymore <laughs> I, for some reason. I don't, I don't know. know. It's it's really weird. Let's go to Tom in Millville. Tom, what's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up, fellas? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing great, Ben. Good. So obviously, we all are hoping and praying that Doug Peterson is you know kind of what we need and. He learns some things, progresses, and gets better as the years go on. If, however, that does not happen, um, one person that I really don't know why people overlook so much as a potential head coach who I really love 
is Deuce Staley. Absolutely. I, mean, I agree. I, to me personally, I feel like he could be a potential another Mike Tomlin, like kind of cut from the same claw, same kind of attitude, personality. Um, and for me personally, and this is just with any head coach, I mean, and I kind of just think back to the Andy Reid days a little bit as well. I kind of like to have my head coach and then have my offensive coordinator handle those duties. I really don't like a head coach doing both. I think it's just too much like during game day. I really think that's why Andy had clock management issues and Doug kind of seems to have maybe the same problems. I just think it's too much, honestly. That's just my personal opinion yeah, on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the play call, and we've gone back and forth on this show, but to Deuce, John Ritchie has said on the Midday Show multiple times, he said in his almost 10-year career in the NFL, Deuce Staley, the smartest player he ever played with. He said he's never yeah. watched film with someone who could just see every single thing that happened on the field at once. Uh, I mean, I, I think Deuce could be an amazing coach. I agree. I just, I mean, it's right there in front of our eyes. And I even said this. I mean, I would have taken Deuce over Doug Peterson yeah, you know, abs- last year, it- I, all day. I just don't understand why that was never really a real option. And it's pretty crazy time, and we appreciate the phone call. We're just right up against the break, buddy. We'll get into that. Uh, uh, plus, you know, I mean, we want to break down this Washington game as well, but maybe a little more on this running back situation to start that off because how much is this team really improved? Where do you see them hitting? Where do you see them missing? More of that coming up. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. pretty funny because despite any kind of potential turmoil that there could be if the Eagles go south, I really don't care. As much as we're going to bitch about not drafting the proper running backs or missing it on day three or even suggesting that, like, yeah, I'd probably still take Jamal Williams over Mac Hollins right now despite the turnout of, of how that's going to be, I don't care. Want to know why? Because I'm still excited for this offense. I really am. I know that they're not going to be able to run the football that well which means now they'll go off for 200 yards against Washington by, just by me saying it. <laughs> but I'm excited for Alshon Jeffrey against your, Josh Norman. I'm excited to see actual NFL wide receivers on the field this week, and I don't think that we're quite ready for that yet. I think that it's still, as much as we've talked about it, and granted, we got to see what Torrey Smith is all about. we got to see what you know a healthy Alshon is all about. But I think it's still an underrated part of this offense of how good these wide receivers are are and potentially could be for the season. Uh, a million percent. I mean, we've talked a lot. This this show in particular, I think we've all been very optimistic about Alshon and the potential there. I mean, you guys have been down there. You've seen him in practice, seen what he could do. Um, I, I'm, I'm geeked. And Torrey Smith against Brashad Breeland, like that is that is a mismatch. I'm telling you, Brashad Breeland cannot keep up with Torrey Smith. No, he can't. And that's 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 one of my exploits that we'll get into after the NFC least, which is coming up at 140. And you know, that's the that's how I kind of feel here, BLGS. It's BGN Radio, Sports Radio, 94 WIP. How are you feeling about that that particular matchup? You've got two new safeties in Washington. You've got Alshon Jeffrey. You've got Torrey Smith. You've got these new toys for Carson Wentz. Is that something that sh- they should be aggressive about immediately? Yeah, I mean, you look at the Washington's defense as a whole. I've been, I was talking to a Washington writer from Bleeding Green Nation's sister site, Hogshaven. They do a good job over there. Although they're, you know, Washington fans, so that's unfortunate. But um, they were talking about, you know, just how there's been so many defensive changes on that team, like a lot. Not just those guys, like almost the whole defense, I think. I forget what the number was, but there's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of turnover. New D coordinator, New too. coordinator, yeah. exactly. Um, there's been some injuries. Phil Taylor went out in the preseason Big starting loss. nose tackle. Trent Murphy got suspended and hurt, so he's out for the whole year now. 
And uh, Cravens just left. <laughs> he just, just decided to leave. So their starting safety is also gone. So the, and uh, you know, the, meanwhile, the Eagles are fully healthy. So like, that's a, that's definitely one thing to consider there. Last year, I think the Eagles' offense only got into Washington uh, the red zone once. So I think they're going to have more opportunities this year with Alshon, with Tory, and with everyone's favorite wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Well, I think you can't understate the Sua Cravens thing. I mean, this guy essentially went to the team and said he wanted to retire a week before the season. Uh, you know, they put him on the non-football injury list or whatever it is. Give Left him time. squad list. Yeah, to, to, to let him think about it and whatnot. But, I mean, regardless, you have a game plan. I mean, they, this team was ready to play the Eagles, and then your starting safety is like, eh, I'm out of here. So, yeah, I'm t- and I think the Greg Minuski, the new coordinator, that's going to take time installing the system. I, I think you couldn't ask for a better time to be going into Washington. 888-729-9494. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Lenny in Pittman. I can't believe my eyes with what's on the screen, so I'm going to have to let you explain that. What's going on, buddy? Uh, I'll explain myself, but James, I'd like to answer, uh, answer a question for me. Sure. What, do you, what does the Catholic Church, the Eagle, Eagles trophy case, and somebody that bets somebody that they would come over their house and cook <laughs> them dinner have in common? And the answer would be none. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in common there. Lenny, I'm yeah. wait, I've, I've gotten no address, I've gotten no text, no phone call, and no dates that are available. My cousin. my cousin James sits right next to you, James. <laughs> I blame James. I blame yeah. James yeah. totally. Well, listen, since I believe it was the bet that I won when I said that the skins would good, and you said, against this defense? You know, Aaron Smith <laughs> you, say, you say one thing wrong, and it is with us the entire yeah, life. That's he, what I love about Lenny. Say that exact Aaron Smith wrote a song yeah. called Same Old Story, Same Old Song yeah. and Dance. 15 and 1, and, you know, Carson Wentz. And don't forget, you got Brent Selleck to throw to. Now, there's a real weapon, you know, if you want to talk about weapons and overmatched. <laughs> but, gentlemen... Stop and think about it. Who's won the last five matches, the last five games? The Washington Redskins. And I'm going to go with the trends and give you my pick. Okay. Lay it, lay it on us. Okay. We surveyed 100 people. <laughs> and they surveyed it. Top five answers. The Washington Redskins. <laughs> Make it number six. How bad uh, is, the, uh, is the loss going to be for the Eagles here, Lenny? I'm I'm caught between twenty against this defense twenty seven thirty one or thirty one to seventeen thirty one to seventeen and it goes down hard. Woo, Lenny, Lenny, you are you are cooking there, my friend. Lenny, we appreciate Lenny the phone call. Lenny came with some fire today, huh? Thirty one seventeen is our first. Listen, I mean, sure, it could go. I, I have that's the thing. I'm no read on this football team. Yeah, I really don't. And that's like the safe thing to say is nine and seven because that's how. I just kind of feel that working out. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. Everything looks good on paper. Everything feels good on paper. We're just saying, you know, like you have two NFL wide receivers. Things are looking good. But I can, and it's the same thing that we keep talking about, and people hate us for praising Nelson Aguilar's practices and things like that. We don't know. Could all get on the field, and then the next thing we know, oh, man, the offensive line really does suck, and Carson Wentz is just, you know, just like Lenny said, in the turf and, and licking dirt. Yeah, well, and it's even tougher when you look at this division because all four teams are like that, really. I mean, they're, they're, it's really a fine line between each of the... I feel like any any team could win any game on any day, so to speak, and I certainly think Washington, at least heading in now, the way it's setting up is the worst of the four, personally. Um, but I think that the fact that everything is so tight in there in the division and obviously the whole... And I don't think th- I, I will say I don't think the division's that good. I, I really no, don't. I'm I saying, think it was, I'm saying it's even. I'm not saying oh, everyone's yeah. great. I'm saying that all four teams are more or less 
relatively similar in terms of Oh, no, of and that's what, that's what I'm saying. There's only going to be one clear winner in this division this year. There's not going to be, like, somebody that's going to I, I think it's I think it's barely a two team race is what I'm saying. Oh, I season. disagree. I think I think three of the four are going to be. Real. I think it's going to be like nine and seven, nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine, or six and ten or something. I yeah, think that's I think how so. it plays out. I don't know, BLJ. I think somebody's going to be on the in the in the real doghouse at some point. I, for some reason, I think that's Washington because of all the different changes. It might not happen week one, but over time, I, I just feel like. The last year was kind of an anomaly where it was just like, oh, all these good things happen. The beast is back. Blah blah blah. It's it, these teams aren't that great. That's why th- I don't think any we of these teams are that great. About that, though. No one in the NFL is that great. You know, I mean, like <laughs> well, the Patriots true. just yeah. got smoked on Thursday night by Andy Reid and the Chiefs. That's right. There's well, the no Chiefs great are great team. now. Yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, right? yeah, Alex Smith is but the best quarterback ever played Barry. I mean, like their yeah. most important defensive player. I, I like. I'm with you. I get what you're saying. I think that. As far as it goes, if you want to go top to bottom, I, I think you could make an argument that the NFC East is one of the probably two best divisions in the sport. And I'm with you. I don't think any of these teams are that good. Like they're, but they're all good enough compared to other divisions that have some trash teams in there. This is how I look at it. Last year, I think you know we saw how it played out last year. Dallas thirteen and three. The Giants were what like eleven and five. Mm-hmm. Washington was eight seven and one. Um, I think seven, eight, and one, and then Eagles were seven, nine. Uh, either way, yeah, either those, way. So, yeah, yeah. so all above five hundred. I think the I think these teams that we saw last year show us that they're not going to be terrible this year. Like I don't think any. Like, I don't. I don't think no. I don't any think of these teams are going to be like three and something. Like there's. I don't think there's like a flat out just awful team in this division. Now that I say that, there probably will be. But um, <laughs> uh, I, just I think, how it goes. You know? I, it is. I think it's close though for the most Please part. Please be Dallas. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes, I think the way I look at it though is the teams at the top there they took a step back. I think Dallas took a step back. Uh, Giants to me, well, maybe they're just I, I think they overachieved a little last year. So yeah, they might be a little closer to what they should have been last year, which I think is a little worse. And then I think the Eagles took a step forward. I think John, when you said earlier when people are talking about nine and seven, because you're looking at it logically and you're like, all right, this team was seven and nine last year. We think they'll make a progression, but they're not quite there. So that looks about like nine and seven or ten and six because if they were ready to make that big jump, they would be a twelve win team, eleven. But I think the ceiling is kind of a ten, more realistically, a nine and seven. Let's go to uh, Ed in Haddonfield real quick. Ed, what's going on, buddy? How are you this afternoon? What's going on, fellas? How's everybody today? Doing so, great, man. We're ready for a, a big season here, and uh, you know, I just got to say a couple things. I think uh, I think people are underestimating the Eagles a lot, but that's okay. That's my feeling. I'm being a little optimistic, a little bit of a homer. No, I don't think that's Homer at all. I think there are a lot of people, especially nationally. I mean, there's, there's a, I mean, Colin Cowherd was, is, calls him the fifth best team in the NFL. Uh, I, I think Adam Shen had said that they're going to win the NFC East. There's a lot of believers yep. in Carson Wentz yep. in the second year. So, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's all over the place. So I have two points to make. Uh, one, very quickly, is um, I think everybody should lay off Doug. Uh, they got to give him a chance. And I think this poor guy's put, put through the grinder, much like Charlie Manuel was. Yeah, James. God, and, yeah, the, and, yeah. I, and I love James just call me Mike Lombardi. All right, come on, guys. <laughs> hey, 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 Jimmy, I listen to you on your when you're doing the with the guys in the in the midday. So uh, I'm, Thanks, a, I'm a familiar fan. I appreciate but the that. Other man. Thing, the other thing is, you guys just let on this guy Lenny, and you know you kind of lapdogged him. You were like, "Yeah, Lenny, cool." We're, 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 we're Lenny, Lenny's one of our yeah. old old callers. It's, we're just having, it's just okay. it's more yeah. it's more shtick than anything. Yeah, we're just having fun with Lenny. All right, we love Lenny. 
I just saw some bowing down, and I, I got no, we were just having it. fun with Lenny. Lenny Listen, uh, we've been doing Lenny, that with Lenny for a while. Le- Lenny thinks he's the cream of the crop all the time. We let him have his <laughs> little shining cool, moment, cool. but yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well then maybe I'll become one of your regular callers. <laughs> yes, please. I, Oops, sorry. Yeah. It looks like uh, looks like we we uh, right when he says he'll be a regular caller. Yeah, it's like it's his phone, phone goes up. Like well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 some of the case. Uh, I, I think for a lot of this, it's just it's kind of it's kind of all, all over. I think the I actually think the, a little bit opposite of Ed there. I think that there's a lot of attention on this Eagles team now. I think people are expecting them to the win this division. And it creeps me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I just felt like, okay, everything's fine. You know, we'll just see what happens. Obviously, there are a lot of, uh, you know, opinion checks that I have written to draft Twitter saying, like, I can't wait to, you know, for Carson Wentz to prove you guys wrong. But other than that, I I, I really don't know what the the ceiling is going to be for this team. And we're excited to find out because it's week one. When we get back, it is time for the NFC least right here. On BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We are getting fired up for week one action. Washington, Eagles, finally get a little taste of what this team is all about. See what the NFC East is all about as well. Because I'm also interested... I'm really interested to see what happens in that Giants-Dallas game after all the, the muck and craziness that has <laughs> yes. been going on. The line's kind of weird, yes, which wonky. we may or may not be, be getting into in about an hour of Sean Brace when we do our first NFL picks segment of the season. But right now, it's time for the NFC Least. The Follies. The Screwballs. And the Screw-Ups. It's BGN Radio's NFC Least on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, my goodness. It is so great to have this segment back. Usually, just so, for never, anyone who's never heard the NFC Least, we go through and touch on the entire NFC Least, including ourselves. But we do something special when we're facing our own division. What do we do? We keep it right to the team we're playing. John, what is going on in D.C. right did now? Did they not have the worst offseason imaginable? <laughs> is, did suddenly we forget how just terrible? Like, at one point, we were calling for the NFL to investigate how, how crazy this is. You literally made up a story about your general manager, or supposedly did. You fed it to your lapdog, Chris Cooley. You made him say it on the freaking air. And then all of a sudden... Your GM has a drinking problem, and he's fired because Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen want to take over. And what do Washington fans do? It'll be fine. This is fine. We got Kirk coupons. We're good. Unimaginably, like, uh, uh, atrocious. And everything's going to be fine down in Washington. John, what else is going on? What about the coaching staff? There's a lot going on with the coaching staff here. You lost your offensive coordinator. You lost your defensive coordinator. Your second-round pick retired. Retired. I don't care if you don't like football. You couldn't even convince the guy to stay in Washington. That's not an indictment on him. That's an indictment on your organization. Why the hell would anybody want to stay there? That's an exclamation point. You're going to go, no, no, no. It's an individual player making an individual choice. Bull crap. Look at San Francisco and what happened in there. You think they left and retired because, oh, I just don't want to play football anymore? No. That was a train wreck. They hired a plumber for a head coach, and then they hired Chip <laughs> Kelly. Everybody's abandoning Chip. They're abandoning Chip in Washington. You guys are idiots. 
Speaking of San Francisco, John, how about uh, Kirk Cousins there? Hey, Kirk Coupons, this is the other crazy thing. I can't believe you took the money. You took the money. Unbelievable. You don't want to be there. They don't want you there. You're, I mean, Bruce Allen can't even say your name right. We make fun of you all the time. We call you Kirk Coupons. That guy calls you Kurt instead of Kirk. He writes your checks. He literally writes your checks and he can't get your name right. Unbelievable. Enjoy San Francisco, Kurt. At least they still have good receivers, though, right? I mean, no, they don't. That's the point of this. The only good thing that they have there is Crowder. You can say whatever you want about Terrell Pryor, who suddenly, this magical wide receiver, he suddenly became a top 10 guy, a huge deep threat. He's 27. He just learned a position two years ago. There's not much left there. I can't believe how everybody is underrating the loss of Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, who literally have killed this team, and yet... Everything's going to be fine and seamless in this transition. John, they still, though, have an owner who could help, right? No, no. (laughs) Dan Snyder's back in charge. This is the greatest day on earth. It is the greatest day since Philadelphia drafted a potential franchise quarterback that Dan Snyder is going to pay once again free agents like Deion Sanders and trade for guys like mm, Donovan McNabb and make awful, awful decisions. You Drafted, RG3, missed, had an insurance policy in Kirk Cousins, and you're still screwing that up. God bless Dan Snyder. Yeah, but at least uh, the recent high draft picks have been working out for the most part, John, right? Well, well that's true. That is a, that's actually factual. It's yeah. not too bad. Oh, yeah, Jefford Dachson <laughs> and everybody else that's kind of run through there. The only good thing is their offensive line. And, and guess what else, James? Guess what else? The team name still racist, Johnny. Still <laughs> racist. Boom. Roasted. So that, my friends, it's the first edition of the NFC Leafs. It's right so here, racist. Radio. So racist. Let's go to Rob real quick in Wilmington. Rob, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, fellas. John you might doing? need a John might need a second here, Robbie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Hey, listen. Can you hear this bacon sizzling? Can we hear what? The bacon sizzling. Yes. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God, I can hear it. Yes. The ba- that's a, is the that's ba- those damn hogs coming up this weekend. Like I told you guys before, I played Jonathan Allen in high school. Ooh. Overrated. Ooh. So don't worry about it. I love it. Well, I, so how do you feel about the game, Robbie? Well, how do I feel about, the, about the game? Listen, I grew up in Redskins country most of my life because my dad was in the military. Uh, I can't wait to whoop that ass. Oh. Sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> say that. That's that, good. That, you, you can, say that. You can yeah. say that. Yes. That is that hey, is just question, on the one line. Question. Good question. Uh, also, wait. One more thing. Uh, James, you like this? I drafted Hill and Hunt. Oh man. Oh. My team went off. Oh, man, that's right. awesome. You had a big Monday night or a big Thursday night. I mean. Yeah, yeah. But one question though. Who's yeah. the Redskins slot corner? Who that is, is a the, good that's question. Great. Yeah, who is the Redskins side? They got Bre- well, Breland and, and Norman on the outside. <laughs> Some, somebody that I can't think of this moment, and we'll probably answer that once we come back from the break, because, you know, when, when we think about that, that's part of some of the X factors that we're going into is, you know, I, I think that Alshon Jeffrey is going to have a, a pretty good day against Norman. I, I also think that Torrey Smith versus Brilliant is a little bit of a mismatch strictly based on speed alone. So when Aguilar is up against uh, when <laughs> almost there, here we go. I almost had it. When Aguilar is up against, uh, oh, this is uh, wow, this is greatest. A, yeah, greatest. No, I got it now. I got okay. it. Okay, so uh, slot corner looks like it's gonna. Oh, Kendall Fuller. 
Or oh, Kendall Qu- Quentin oh, Dunbar. Oh, yeah. okay. two, uh, back Kendall Fuller is actually a pretty decent. He's talk, okay. Kind of fork. But yeah, and this is this is what I'm saying. Like when we get into those the the different minutia of, of of the secondary. You have two new safeties out there. I yeah. I, I think and you're one gonna... who didn't know he was starting until a week ago. Right. So it would be it would be very important for this squad to again and really it's just one guy and we'll get into it in just a little bit. But Nelson Aguilar should take advantage of these situations and hopefully he can. We're all going to break it down. We want your X Factors plus your phone calls, 888-729-9494. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Vegas seems to like the Eagles. I tend to like the Eagles. Still not feeling comfortable about Anything, but I do enjoy some of these matchups. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Gowton at BGN underscore radio on the Twitter.com. And I got to tell you guys, we got a lot coming up this season. We're all have shifted over to daily podcasts. So Monday through Friday, you're going to hear a show in our feed that's through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. We are going to be there. Plus, just announced. Tomorrow morning, you better get ready for the BGN Radio Game Day, my friends. We're going to talk NFL. We'll break down Eagles. And we'll also get into a little bit of fantasy, some NFL betting lines, and a lot more that's on WIP's Facebook page tomorrow starting at 8 a.m. And ladies and gentlemen, starting on the opening uh, home opener against the Giants, uh, we're going to be at the Jetro parking lot from 11 until kickoff that entire time. So throughout the entire season, we'll broadcast live on Facebook, down there, uh, and uh, we'll have a good time. There's prizes. There's a whole bunch of other folks that are going to be down there. The Jetro parking lot two hours before kickoff throughout the entire season. So we're we're really really excited to get some of this stuff going here. And I'm guys, I'm really excited about. Uh, honestly, I know that Carson Wentz is an obvious X factor in this thing, but I think everybody's on pins and needles waiting for this thing to happen. They don't want to see the overthrows. They don't want to see anything that's. You know, uh, damn it, the mechanics are, that's last year, that's last year. I think they want to see a very aggressive Carson Wentz. I think they want to see 81 yards on the opening drive for a touchdown to who cares. But I think that's, they, they want, and I want them to come out firing in this one. Me too. And look, I, you know, we've we've talked about it a lot, and you can say it a million times, but we live and die with Carson Wentz. I mean, that's what it comes down to if there is only one person who takes a step forward this year? It has to be Carson Wentz. It is everything. So, uh, I, yeah, I think people want to come out see these new weapons. There's no excuses about worst receiving core we've ever seen. All that type of stuff. Good weapons. I mean, potential for a good offensive line. I know we have a little bit of worry there, but the, everything's there for this kid to come out and and take that step. Everything we've seen so far looks like you know we hope and and believe that it is a possibility here so um yeah i mean i i i don't think you can understate the importance of it and I, and i think everyone will feel a hell of a lot better if come sunday they come out and just start slinging it down the field and and it all looks great and you know w- you know we've been down there a lot during during training camp here at blg and i i i think jimmy kemskit even said it at one point and there are a couple other beat writers that have said look this is this is the best the qb has looked since i've been covering the eagles now take that it's it's whatever you know, but I do think that is significant. We've seen we've seen Kevin Cobb warm up down there. We've seen uh, you know a lot of different guys, Nick Sam Foles. Bradford, Nick Foles, whatever. You can tell the difference when a guy's ready and a guy's not. And I would say 
the deep ball accuracy uh, is is looks so much more improved than what it was last year, and that's why I'm excited about this week one matchup. Carson had a really good training camp uh, preseason. I think pretty good overall too. Um, I feel really good about him going into the season. I think after we were talking about it after mini camp in the spring, we're like, yeah, he hasn't been looking too great. Came in the preseason preseason again. Training camp looked really good. My confidence in him pretty high right now. Again, we need to see it in the regular season. Doesn't matter if he looks good in the off season. But I feel good right now. Yeah, and I think it's kind of interesting with what we were just talking about and national expectations and all that type of stuff. Uh, it has been one of the most interesting kind of subplots of this whole off season preseason is the the gigantic delta between how some people, especially people within the league, view Carson Wentz. And then other national writers and draft Twitter and all that stuff use him. I, like, I can't remember a situation where, was so, where you've got NFL GMs, you've got NFL writers saying, I would take him over every quarterback in the league if I were starting a team. And then you've got other people saying he stinks. Like, it is it is crazy, John. Yeah, and I think that there is, you know, it it, it gets lost in the shuffle a little bit too when we're, we're talking about Carson. And I I'm not saying that all the things that happened to improve the offense was the correct move. You know, they needed wide receivers. Yeah, we can debate about the running back situation. I still think that's going to be a huge, huge factor going into this. And honestly, get ready for, you know, 40 times a game throwing the football. It's just get, it's just a reality at this point, unless uh, I'm not seeing something. But I do think there are still a lot of different changes that happen with this Eagles team in the offseason, in free agency, obviously in the draft, and then also real quickly before the season's even starting here. How much of it really plays into okay? This team is going to have it right away, you know. And and, and that's I don't I don't want to use that in, as an excuse because these are all upgraded positions for the most part. Ronald Darby is the best corner, and he's been here for a week and a half yeah. or two weeks. Yep. Alshon Jeffrey's been here; he's clear upgrade. He you know has all the potential in the world to be a top fifteen, top ten wide receiver in the NFL. So, how much time are you giving this group to kind of get it together, essentially, even though there's... I mean, I was just making fun of Washington because all the changes doesn't take away the fact that the Eagles made a lot of changes, too. It's a great point. Yeah, there's a lot of new pieces here. We haven't seen it in an NFL game that matters, obviously. Uh, look, I'm I'm willing to give them a little time, but uh, as we talked about before with the way this division shapes up, I don't know how much time you have. Like, I don't think with the way this schedule sets up, you can get into too deep a hole. There's just too many good teams on the schedule, so... While I'm certainly not going to kill them for for looking a little sloppy at first, I I'm not going to wait that long before I start getting upset about it. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Who are a couple of matchups that you're really looking forward to against this Washington team? I think that again, Jeffrey and Norman is probably the biggest mismatch, and I think that is not being said enough. There's there's this talk of all oh you know it's going to be a really tough battle and they're going to win some and lose some. Man, go back and watch a tape against Chicago against an inferior quarterback, just lighten him up all day on slants, lighten him up all day on on all the short stuff, the quick hitters. It, you know, he, he might be able to cover him deep. I don't see Alshon going deep a lot in this game, but uh, you know, I think that's a total mismatch for tomorrow. Let's go to George in Conchahawka, who's been waiting patiently. George, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Well, I, got, I guess a little near Dallas now, so go would be better. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sorry for you. Yeah, yeah grad school. Uh, anyway. So we start the season uh, up with opening at Washington, but 
Remember, do you remember the last time the Eagles opened up Washington? Oh, yeah, 2013, baby, when everybody didn't know that uh, if, if Chip Kelly's offense was going to work, it was still the most fun time as an Eagles fan. Yeah, I don't, care. Best, best I don't half, care what happened best afterwards. Best half of football you could ever imagine. I think I was, I think I was tweeting at Dan Graziano at a .5 second rate of saying, ha-ha, <laughs> 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 told you. No, yeah, I read an article that was uh, posted on The Athletic about that. About that, like first half. Oh yeah, our good yeah. friend Bo Wolf who, who put that up there. Yeah. That was really, uh, and that was cool because yeah. they went through all the different like players' reactions in the in, afterwards. Now that it's you know four years later. Yeah, that that was awesome. Maybe the best half of football I ever watched as an Eagles fan. But <laughs> it'd be really great to do something like make just make the Redskins look silly in every passing game again. But I gotta say, George, as much as like yeah, the 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 trending thing is for whatever reason Washington has their number and. Uh, obviously, the evidence yeah. doesn't disagree with that, but also they're clearly ready to be embarrassed again. You know, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen an, an embarrassing Washington loss, and it's and we're due, we're due. So I, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I one embarrassing loss, but I'll go something like 24-21 Eagles. Yeah, we'll take it. Don't we're with you, man. Yeah. We'll take any win we can get. But I'm with you, John. I mean, especially like appreciate like, the call, yeah, Thanks, George, buddy. Great call, thank you, sir. Sorry about the Dallas thing. That sucks. Hopefully, you can get through <laughs> grad school quickly. Um, but yeah, John, I think you make a great point that um, you know, I think a lot of times you can look at teams as they're heading into the season, and when it just seems like so many things are going wrong in a row, it's just like this happens, that happens, this happens, that happens. It's very rare that they get into the season and everything just works out. So I think if you're looking for teams like that, I know the Colts are a pretty obvious example of a team like that. I think you'd have to put Washington in that uh, you know potential class as well. I think when you're looking at this Eagles team, they have no choice but to get off to a fast start. As yep. you were saying, uh, James, you're looking at just how Kansas City did against the Patriots, and you're like, uh, in Arrowhead, no less. And extra time to prepare <laughs> yeah, since they exactly, played on Thursday. Exactly. I mean, to me, that was a loss anyway, looking yeah. at the schedule coming out. But to me, looking at the Washington game, week one, I'm convinced that players looked at that game when they saw the schedule, and they're like, we're taking week one. Like, we, this, this, we can't lose again. Yeah. Like, we can't make it six in a row. I remember Malcolm Jenkins talking in a press conference last year. Wasn't even anything to do like specifically about Washington, but he had brought up the fact that they haven't been able to beat them. So that tells me like that's in their mind. And then Lane Johnson comes out and writes that thing <laughs> about or ghost writes that thing, I should say. <laughs> yeah. about, Lane Johnson had yeah, someone yeah. write that thing yes. for him, yes. But still with his consent, you know, put it yeah. out there that uh they're gonna go down and whoop Washington. So uh, if you're gonna you have to back it up. It's time to do it. And if you're serious about I hate to call Week one, a must win because it kind of sounds ridiculous, yeah. but I feel like it is. No, it's wow, not, it's it not is a mess. So I can't, it is. That thing yeah, is so you, freaking ridiculous. You week can't one, say must win. Week one, a must win. They were three and zero last year. How'd that work out? You <laughs> yeah, know, I mean, matter. if they can't beat Washington, how I far would say, are they really going? I would say if they're if they're zero and two and staring down the barrel of zero and three, that's a must win. Game. Yeah, I'm with John. You know, no, because yeah. like every, but that's the thing. They're you're, gonna, you're saying they're going to be, like, so you're so saying you it's a must-win one or the why other. Is it, I mean, like, I know it's going to be an incredibly tough test to go into Kansas City, but why is everybody going, well, that's a loss? Yeah, I'm with you, actually. They just lost Eric Berry. They're coming off a huge emotional win in New England. Look, Plus, everybody's going to be all creamed on top. Yeah, up. I would actually have rather <laughs> I would actually have rather the Chiefs beat New England for the Eagles game next week <laughs> yeah. than if they were 0-1 and needing a win at home. Like, the, the, the urgency won't be quite the same with that Chiefs team. 
I'm with you. Look, I, I, I don't get like what their you're chances saying. either. By yeah, the way, but. I get what you're saying. I just think I can't. I can't. I know what you're saying. I get the heart of your point. I just can't go. It's, with maybe it's not a must win for the season as much as it's just like must win. Like get the monkey off the back. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah they, they sure. need set to beat the Washington. tone. I like right. it. Yes, yeah, so right. they should it's set the tone. It's a very important for it's as important right. a first important. game of the season yeah. as yeah. we've seen. That I agree with. Let's go to Dave in Newtown Square. Dave, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Good guys. Actually, it's Dave in Northern Michigan now. Man, everything's everything's changing up. I like this. Um, but yeah, I actually wanted to say I was living in Northern California the year before and I found your guys podcast there. Cause I just moved from Philadelphia where I listened to talk radio all day. I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> Got my birds talk from you guys all year. Appreciate long. that. Dave. Oh, man, awesome, awesome, man. Thank well, we'll you. keep trying um, to pump it out daily now. So we'll, we'll, we'll try know, to have your, have the feast. Yeah. <laughs> my fiance doesn't like it, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to say, I mean, I'm excited for this year. It's kind of like, Watching the Sixers tank all the, like all those years, I was always like, "Yeah, we got to lose." But then once I'm watching the game, I'm like, "Oh, come on! How do you not hit that shot?" And I feel like I'm going to be that way this year at the Eagles. Come on, Hall of in, yeah, yeah. in my heart, I want Saquon Barkley in Midnight Green. I, Dave, Dave, I hold on, hold on one second. It's not going to happen, buddy. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> they, uh, I, I know that, and trust me, I do too. And I think that would absolutely 100. percent uh, be, be Jeffrey, so Carson exciting. Wentz, Saquon Barkley. Oh, man, that, oh man. Yeah, that's it, pretty it's good. Unstoppable. But, I mean, but here, here's, here's where I go to. Here's where I turn, turn left because that offensive line is old and you need to replace Jason Peters <sighs> and get ready for <laughs> round one, left tackle, right tackle, whatever it is, because that's what it's going to be. Some dude is playing I, for the Badgers I, I today. I can't be too disappointed <laughs> with that, you know, like, yeah. Uh, have, it, it all starts in the trenches. We all know that, but I I really want a dominant running back like that. Yeah, and we do too, and obviously, Brandon, that has been a, a passion project. I just think, look, I, I think if you look at it right now, I don't see any way that Saquon Barkley isn't a top five pick in the draft, and uh, I just don't. I don't see any way this Eagles team. And look, granted, we've seen Howie do amazing things to get up there. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe I should yeah, never, right? never exactly. say never. Actually, never say yeah. never, say I, never I, with Howie. It's just very depth, unlikely. Though. Think about our depth, though. If we go down, there's not much behind people. So, you know, if we have depth you know, in, in what in what regard of, in running back? I mean, we have six games. Well, I'm saying no. I'm talking about the whole team. You need yeah. like, you yeah. need a six starter and for depth at running back, right? Six games. You like of, one good guy. <laughs> you know. Uh, What's his name? Uh, linebacker. Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks. Yes. If Hicks goes down, like it's just like we don't have the guys to replace them and compete at a top level. Oh, yeah. I and, don't and, see and it's Dave, not outlandish to it, see. And Alshon Jeffrey, soft tissue issues. Sure. Sure. There's a, mean, and, Dave, there's, totally. a, there's a lot of that going in, and, and that's just, one, you're right. Yes, there's always going to be risk in there. Two, it, I mean, it's the NFL. That's what I was going to say. You're always going to be injured. Three, it's BLG, and, and I've like just kind of keep driving the stakes in here. There is really no starter level depth that happens anywhere. You can make the argument in Seattle for their defensive line, fine. Yeah. But other the than Eagles that, have a deep defensive and line, and they do. I yeah, I, they're, I they're, really love their rotation. I think right. it's great. But I think that's where the strength of that comes in. If Jordan Hicks goes down, is it significant? Absolutely. Then the defensive line needs to stand up and make them Najee Good look look decent. Yeah, what? Oh which God. is hard to do. Yeah, but I think it's a great Sorry, point, John. Najee. I think there. I think that there's no team in the league that has depth everywhere. Like, look, there are certain teams that are very deep at certain positions, but you can look at every single team, like Dante Hightower with New England. Everyone's like the oh, six, yeah. you know, like he went down and that defense, like, and they didn't look good to begin with, but they look like a completely different defense without that guy in there. So I think it's more of an NFL issue. Every team is, you know, injuries are part of the game, and there's never. Going to be enough 
guys to replace, you know, certain positions. Because if I, you know, if I'm the, um, if I'm the NFLPA, and if I'm the NFL, if you're the NFLPA, I'm really sorry for you. If I'm either one, if awful. I'm either one of them, <laughs> please shoot me. Uh, but if I was in charge of trying to make decisions over there, which it sounds like. Is, is, might, is anyone? You got you got a better chance of surviving a car crash uh, without a seatbelt. I think that if you were to increase the roster sizes instead of having an active fifty three and you made it an active seventy five, yeah. then then you're. I mean, sure, there would be unfair advantages to a lot of different things, but everybody would have the same advantage. That way, people would have more jobs. You'd have. I've been saying this for a while. It, I it totally keeps agree. players healthier. If you yes. want to go to if you want to go to eighteen games, I'm fine with that. Then increase the roster you size seventy five. You have you to. Have to. Do, and you have to increase the active roster too. Like the, like if you're going to go roster, give them fifty three guys. Why do yes. these guys have to be inactive? Like that doesn't make any sense too. If you're going to have injuries, there's no reason we should have had to see. You know, Brent Selleck long snapping or this or that. And granted, that's a specific position where you're probably not going to have a backup long snapper anyway. But increase the roster size. You shouldn't have to put a, a a tight end at quarterback or whatever it is. That shouldn't be the way that games play out. You should have more wiggle room with that stuff. Quick, Especially in a sport where everyone gets hurt. Quick side note, Aaron Donald has finally reported to Rams camp. So the is whole he going to any word on if he will actually play? Uh, yes. I would assume he'll. Show up on, skip training yeah, camp, show up on a Saturday. Yeah, Let's Aaron Donald. Rock and roll. Aaron Donald, he'll be fine. Let's go to David real quick. David, what's going on, buddy? You're on BGN Radio. Gentlemen, how's it going? Good, fantastic. Ooh, look look at those dulcet tones coming through the phone line. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. Unfortunately, I have to work tomorrow, so I'm be able to watch oh, the game. Come on! No, I'll call, <laughs> I, I, I'll call hey, in. I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll pretend to be your significant other or something, and just be like, "Yeah, he can't come into work. He's he's got footballitis <laughs> or something." Yeah, and everybody would be really questioning what's going on. With <laughs> yeah. me. It's going around. Yeah, I give you. I give that. My only. I, I got two X factors in this. In this. In this whole thing. One is going to be the the defensive line. We have got to get some pressure on Cousins because wide receivers are useless if the quarterback is looking at the sky. It's plain and simple. Hundred percent. Defuse yep. it. You can defuse an entire offense if the quarterback is rattled, and that's what we need to do to Cousins because he's not that good in the first place. And I'm tired of losing to these cheap shot little bastards anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know what's funny too? It's just like it, it annoys me, and I meant to say this when the guys were talking about it. The, the Washington's never been a good, great team. It's always just been good enough. And again, I think that revolved a lot around their skill players. It revolved around Pierre Garçon. It revolved around Deshaun Jackson. Uh, a, a, an okay running game last year. Yeah, one Fat of the Rob best had a good... left tackles in football helps. Oh yeah, but I'm saying like, and, and this is the underrated part, and this is what I can't figure out. Washington to me has a top five offensive line. It is so heavily underrated, and yet they can't run the football that well. So, yeah, and, and well. at this, and at the same time, they have they're what third in passing yards. But then they end up or they're twelfth in scoring, so it's they're just annoying. It's yeah. it's 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 yeah, like Kansas City annoying. where That's it's just good... paper cuts, paper cuts, paper cuts, paper cuts, and then all of a sudden you know they end up winning. Yeah, I know, and it's 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 very frustrating. The other thing is, I want to introduce uh, Wendell Smallwood to the National Football League. This <laughs> guy, I think, is going to. I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's very underrated and under and and un, not underused. But if we can run the ball and take some of the pressure off Carson. And we don't have him thrown the ball 40 times a game. I mean, the best thing to do with a quarterback like that, especially with his potential, is to give him some balance. If he doesn't have to throw the ball 40 times, it makes him more effective when he does throw the ball. We have got to run the ball and establish it early. And I think if Mr. Wendell Smallwood can do what I think he's going to do, he's going to have a big game. It's going to take a lot of pressure off Carson. They'll score 28 points. The defense will do their job. We come away with Washington with a win and a, and a couple of attaboys and go into Kansas City and get ready to beat the crap out of Andy Reid. <laughs> I love it, David. Oh, Thanks for the call, buddy. I, uh, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I, I like that David addressed him as Mr. 
Wendell Smallwood. Oh, terrific. Get him a bow tie immediately. Malcolm Jenkins got it covered. They're not going to run the football effectively. Okay. Let's just just be ready for that. No, I'm yeah, I'm with you. I think I but I would what effective I say, short passes, yes. And I would say if they're gonna run it effectively, I think it's more likely blunt with Phil Taylor out. That's a bit of a mismatch there. It is. You know, yeah. I think I think it's more likely a blunt game than a smallwood game personally. And I do and, oh sorry, BLG. Here's a problem with the smallwood thing too. We all think of him as the Eagles' most talented rusher, because he probably is. That's what he's on the preseason. The problem with him, like relying on him full time though, is not only that he's had injury issues, but his pass blocking still isn't great. So, like, you can't just put him out there every single snap and have them, you know, even though he's talented as a runner, yep. if he can't do that. Yeah, I think it's uh, one quick note. Uh, Aaron Donald is not playing on Sunday. Oh, so he's not. <laughs> All right. Well, so look that? at me poo-poo that and do that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do think. Scott Tolzien, baby. I, I do want to know and get your guys' thoughts and your thoughts, too. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Who is going to be the lead back? In this game, a lot of people say Wendell Smallwood. I say no. I say there's a small surprise. We'll get into that next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. (laughs) It's been a lot of talk about Wendell Smallwood. A lot, a lot of talk about Wendell Smallwood. And rightfully so. I think he still looked like... One of the best running backs in camp. Just before the break, you know, we heard David saying, "Like, oh yeah, that's that." You know, he's the guy. The uh, the the world is going to see Wendell Smallwood. No, they're not. You know, they're going to see Darren Bleep and Sproles. <laughs> Darren Sproles is going to be the second and or first guy up. And honestly, in this matchup, I think you will see, you know, Legarrette Blunt ace formation, wham one yard, wham one and a half yards. <laughs> Boom! And, Fifteen down and, the middle. Well, no, yeah, not, not on third down, but uh, I, 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 maybe maybe a third and seven incomplete to Alshon Jeffrey and a three and out, and everybody. Oh, but after that, after that, I, I really do think that he is still the best running back. Although you know you can't use him in a, a full time role every single game, but you can use him per game. And I think Darren Sproles is going to get the bulk of the carries. And that might just be eleven, but I still think he's going to be. Yeah, I don't. I think let's put it this way: I think of all the running backs, he'll get the most touches. I, I think there's still a chance that Blunt, with nine or ten carries, still gets the most carries, whatever it is. Uh, regardless, it is kind of wild, and and it's because you know we didn't see him all preseason, but there has been literally like zero Darren Sproles talk. We've talked so much about the issues with the running backs and this and that. We forget like what a weapon that guy is and and how, you know, especially if he doesn't have to literally carry the load 100% like he did last year for the most part. Like you can really use him situationally, situationally keep him fresh and I think there's um it's really exciting to have Darren Sproles back. Almost as exciting as watching John bust out the air base. When we were, <laughs> yeah, the best part, I love that's if you heard me laughing. Cause I love that you do the finger lick before you oh, do yeah, the air right. base. That's a little finger licking in the air base. Like it's just terrific. like Paul Rudd. Terrific you know? stuff. Yes, the base. Slapping the base, man. Is Darren Sproles the best running back still in this uh, squad right now, BLG? Well, you're forgetting about someone. Who's that? Because not only do the Eagles have Darren Sproles, but they also have the next Darren Sproles. <laughs> who will be inactive uh, on every Pumphrey. single game this Fantastic. season. That's all I had with that. Oh, t- <laughs> it was just a one-liner. I thought there was more. I thought there was going to be this No one else is here. Just one one-liner about Donald Pumphrey. The one crazy thing that I don't understand about, the, and, and mentioned it earlier in the show, Corey Clement returning kicks 
is weird. Backup returning kicks. Yeah. I think Smallwood is it's fine guy. But if they yeah. kick it his way, it's weird. What are you gonna do? Yeah, he's slow. <laughs> like, on the kick. He's so slow. <laughs> here, here. Do that Riley Cooper play. Just lay down yeah. and just see what happens. You know. And again, and I'm not saying. I'm just saying. That fifth running back could have been Greg Ward, and he's pretty good at returning yeah, things. That's, that's all point. I'm going to say. Let's go to our could've good friend. Could have been friend. Kareem Hunt. Could have been Kareem Hunt. Let's go to our good friend Scott in Barrington. Scott, what's going on, buddy? J and J Security. What's going on? What's up, buddy? JJ and, and B Security. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. JJ and B Security. <laughs> it rolls always off the tongue, talking. right? There we go. It's always good talking to and listen to you fellas. And um, a lot of great callers have um, added to the mix also. Uh, my only problem with tomorrow is trying to find the jersey to wear, fellas. I got more than Modell's in my closet, but in honor, since it's his first year, I think I'm going to wear my black all Sean Jeffries jersey. Yes. I like that. I like that. I think it's a good way to go uh, for tomorrow. Yes, sir. Um, let's get down to business first. You get to these other callers. Um, once again, thanks for taking my call. And, uh, oh, yes, Scott, real quick, this. though. If you wear that jersey and he's terrible, I'm blaming you. So uh, just so you know. <laughs> but see, you don't know where I hang out at over here in South Jersey. <laughs> That's so, true. Ah. That's true. But now we got to get together sometime, fellas. Maybe hang out in my spot over here in South Jersey. But uh, let's do this real quick. Uh, what two positions are you confident in going into this season? What two positions are you still uh, question mark? I, I mean, we've been talking about it. I mean, like, I'm still seriously, the running back thing is, is huh, yeah. for me. And it's also, you know, we've talked about it a lot this offseason, but um, I, I still think the middle of that offensive line isn't great yet. And I, I don't know if that's because of, listen, we haven't really seen the full starters together. We haven't seen Brooks and Kelsey and say Amalo all do that. I'm still concerned about the middle of the line. Yeah, and I'll go the other way. I'll say, obviously, I think the defensive line we're extremely confident in, and uh, the safety tandem would probably be my two most confident. BLG? Running back. Running back. Yeah, and Doug, can I say Doug Peterson? Does that count as a position? Uh, sure, sure. It's head coach. It's, it, it yeah, that, 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 that led me to my last question, fellas. I'm, once again, thanks for taking my call. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, last one is, if there is one, I don't mean to not Coach Peterson, what, do you, what confidence do you have in him and what does he do that you still lack confidence in? Oh, we'll so see. Listen to the answer. Let's go Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S tomorrow. There Peace. it is, baby. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate it, buddy. I think, and I said this to the guys, I think you're going to see some new wrinkles in there. And they kind of did some of that stuff during training camp. Bold prediction, they go pistol a couple of times. Ooh. I think I like uh, I think I like Darren Sproles behind Carson Wentz and then Maybe even in, in, and don't freak out, Nelson Aguilar in the backfield. <laughs> I'm there, freaking out. Uh, or, or whatever it ends Jason up being. Jason Kelsey at fullback. Or whatever. Yeah, yes, Jason Kelsey at fullback. Come on, that. baby. Madden it up. Madden it up one time. Make the Honey Bobo package with Jason Kelsey back there one time. Yeah, just have Wiz in there for a, just for a moment. <laughs> yeah. On the goal line. I'd love to see that. It's not going to happen. But uh, I, I think that's, uh, that's where I, I have confidence in his creativity to call plays and run the offense. I don't know about overall game yeah. management. So you like him as an offensive coordinator. <laughs> right? <laughs> My goodness. Well, I'm saying he's still growing in it. He I'm could sure. be. I know. I know. They might have, as much as I disagreed with the decision to do that, but uh, I, I, the, the Eagles might have backed their way into a decent head coach. Not good one, not great one, a decent one, and the players will make up for the, the you know the deficiencies. I hope so. Look, I, I I'm obviously less optimistic than than you are on Peterson. I would, on a scale of <laughs> one to sh- ten, shocked. yeah, on a scale of one to ten, I'm like a three in terms of my optimism for Peterson. But I do think I, I've said before, I like I think there is some things to be excited about with creativity uh, offensively and 
and you know, you just hope for the best. I mean, I think there have been a lot of coaches who we wouldn't have guessed would be really good. I mean, Charlie Manuel came here, and I was like, that is an awful decision, and the guy won a World <laughs> Series, so what do I know, you know? Well, it, it's quite funny you point that out, because Jack Fritz on his latest podcast, on the Counterpoint podcast, which is live in our BGN radio feed at BGN underscore radio, could it be possible that the two dumbest coaches in Philadelphia, Charlie Manuel winning a World Series, and then Doug Peterson, Ooh. also dumb, Winning a Super Bowl like finally, that. Jack Fritz. What do you think, pal? Only hire dumb people. That's all, <laughs> I love that's that. all I'm saying. That's a, good, that's a great philosophy. We should just go by that. Uh, let's go to uh, Tim in Boston. Tim, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, guys. Doing great. Can't wait for tomorrow. Going to be a tough night to sleep. Yes. I'm not I'm not going to. None of us are going to bed. <laughs> no. We're all we're all jacked up. I'm sitting here with my boy. Listen, you guys in Boston, we thank you for uh, throwing this out. And we, we love the show. Um, Thanks, Mike, Tim. Piggyback off the last caller real quick. My um, opening day jersey will be Randall Cunningham and the Kelly Green. Yes, Ooh. always always yes. a solid choice. Great choice. Yes. So, my uh, X factor, besides Carson Wentz, I can't wait to watch this defense take some, take some strides from last year. My big X factor has got to be Jordan Hicks. I, I think he's just going to be an absolute beast tomorrow. Um, I, and I think uh, Terrell Pryor, he's soft. We're going to push him around. He is so soft. Kirk Cousins is soft, and um, I think soft. Yeah, give me the Boston soft. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know, but yeah, and we appreciate the call, Tim. Thanks yeah, so much, thanks, buddy. Thanks, Timmy. We appreciate it. Uh, I don't know, Jordan Hicks, big X factor tomorrow, BLG. I, I think just the season, like Jordan, yeah. this is the season to me of Jordan Hicks, where like everyone starts to realize, wow, this guy's really good. Not only us, because we already know that we know, but at a national level, people don't like recognize that. And I think this is the season that starts to turn around. One quick thing on Terrell Pryor. Had more drops this preseason, three, than catches, two. Yeah, the Hicks thing, I just want to second that. I think that nationally, no one has any idea how good Jordan Hicks is. What was it? Was it Sports Illustrated? One of those, they had like the top 400 players. ESPN had like the top 400 players in the NFL, and they didn't have Jordan Hicks on it or whatever. It's like, this is insane. Like, this guy is one of the better middle linebackers in the sport. I think people know that this year. Yeah, and I'm, you know, and again, it's the same thing like the, the broken finger on the honeymoon scared the crap out of me. Like, oh, man, here we go again. And it's just, it's everybody's fear of us like, oh, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. And look, it is significant because during the times where there were the joint practices against Miami, Jordan Hicks isn't out there. And you just see, like, Nigel Bradham doesn't look like himself at all. At all. Like, he against third-string tight ends, he was having, you know, he's struggling back there because there aren't the ankles, anchors. Uh, that he's used to with Jordan Hickson when Najee Good steps in or, you know, when he was with Don Carey, who obviously didn't make the football team, or, you know, Nate Gary, who's got cut. So it's it's an issue. It's definitely an issue, and you can't rely on Michael Kendricks to do the same things. So Jordan Hicks is, is very important to this defense. Let's go to Larry in Ridley Park. Larry, what's going on, buddy? Guys, how are you today? Doing great. You know, I've been listening to your show, and it looks like our real true weakness, even coming out of this draft, is the running back situation. Let me get into my, what my question is. Would you both or all three of you agree that Dalvin Cook would look good right now in an Eagles uniform? Yes. Absolutely. So so here, and I'm not blaming you guys, mm-hmm. but there was so much ritual, ritual that the press had so much against Cook because of his background that they claimed they would not touch him. And now that he's with Minnesota, and I'll tell you right now, I'm disappointed in the Eagles because they got snookered by the Minnesota Vikings. And they thought that Cook was going to drop down to them automatically in the second round. And what did the Vikings do? They called Jacksonville and said, can we dance with you? And they said, go right ahead. 
Well, they tried to. The Eagles were trying yeah, the Eagles to at that wanted, point. Like, yeah, they wanted I think Minnesota to. gave up a little more at that point, and, and that's when they were decided to be like. I don't think Minnesota gave up much. They gave up a fourth rounder. That's what I'm saying. We right, don't know what the, the Eagles, Eagles offered. offered yeah. The point, if you want to rip the Eagles for not giving up more, I think that's fair. Yeah. Or or, or just, you know. Uh, and, and, and so what did we do, guys? What did we do? We drafted a kid that has a torn Achilles tendon. He won't see the field this year. Yeah. I, well, and, it's, and Larry, I understand a lot of people's yeah. frustration in that. I actually don't think that it was such a bad move. I mean, I, I like the Sidney Jones pick. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, granted, to your point, if it's like I said, there's nothing that changed in the draft or really in free agency that affected the corners. So I, I think they're, you know, you have Darby and you have Mills here. Sidney Jones is going to be redshirted, so it's not impacting anything that's that's right here. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, if you had Dalvin Cook. Along with Darby and Mills, and I, I don't, I don't think people would be, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh well, but there's still Sidney Jones. I still think Sidney Jones is going to be a great player. Me too. And I think it's worth. And you're seeing with Jalen Smith, who had a much worse, you know, rip like and tear, much, 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 much like worse nerve damage and stuff. Be be at you know eighty ninety percent. That's got to give you a little hope. And, and granted, he's wearing the wrong uniform, but what a great story. Uh, I, I think the process of the first three rounds are still correct. I still think getting Derek Barnett, I still think, you know, taking Sidney Jones and taking Razul Douglas will end up paying off. But now it is a different situation where BLG, and I, I think the, uh, Ben Natan had brought this up to us when we were just talking about it. It moves one of those guys to CB3. I don't know. That could be Mills. That could be Douglas. That could be Sidney Jones still. But, like, how does that end up working out in the long run now? In a way, it's like you can't have too many good corners, so you want to increase the competition there and kind of stack the odds in your favor and not just be like, all right, we got two guys and they're definitely going to work out. So I get it from that sense. But at the same time, I think the Eagles make the Ronald Darby trade because they're not really feeling all that great about what they saw out of Rizzo Douglas in terms of being able to play being right ready away. To go. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I saw in training camp, and he just doesn't look ready to me. And I've been, I was saying that even back when we were talking about mm-hmm. should it be Patrick Robinson or Douglas. I just don't think Douglas is ready. And if you're looking at it in the future, he could be like the fourth guy. So that was more of my frustration bringing this back into the running back thing. Like you may have drafted like a fourth corner or so in the third round. Douglas is young. He's potential. I'm not ruling it out, but I just, I'm not, I don't look at him and I'm like, oh yeah, he's definitely a starter. Yeah. And I think that's just going to take a, a little more time. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year. But yeah, yeah, of course, Delvin Cook would look pretty good. Yeah. Second. It wasn't the, and, and to his point real quick, it wasn't really necessarily the off-field issues that had me. His times were yeah, so it was, bad. It was, yeah, that was the, you said that many times. You were so like, many times. Yeah. I'm out. Second round, cool. Other than that, that's it. So when we come back, it's the first week of the yes. NFL picks. And it is back. Sean Brace joins us right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's the last segment of BGN Radio for this afternoon. It's been a glorious start to the preview of week one. We hope to be with you every Saturday from one to three. Might shift a little once the Phillies uh, wrap up their season. With Reese Hoskins slash Reese Wask- Watkins <laughs> Watkins last night and walking and hitting home runs and doing all that stuff. Reese uh, Watkins. Walk- walking. It's a horrible pun. Yeah, yeah, Thank you very good. much. I like it, though. Yeah. Uh, but uh, right now, joining us for the first time this season from Fox 29 and also PhillyInfluencer.com to uh, spread the love of the NFL picks. And I hear it's got something planned for the end of this thing. I can't wait to hear it. It's Mr. Sean Bray. Sean, what's going on, buddy? How are you? <laughs> Sounding good as ever, boys. Listen to you all day today. Loving it. 
Eagles season is here. And how good was that Thursday night game? Andy Reid comes away with the victory. Unbelievable start to the season. I can't wait for tomorrow. It kind of makes you have a little warm spot for Andy, right? Like, I mean, putting up putting up 42 against Bill Belichick. It's like, all right, buddy, let's do that. That week, yeah, sure. Next week, hell no. <laughs> uh, well, uh, what's your overall feel of just – you know, kind of this this Eagles. We obviously are going to you know pick this game in a little bit, but what's your feeling on this squad all around here, Sean? Well, I believe in Carson Wentz, man. What he showed in those limited snaps—that's what it comes down to for me. Uh, you gave him some weapons this year. I, I really don't think Doug P. Sorry, Seltzer. I disagree with you on this one. I don't think Doug P. is as bad as people make him out to be. Uh, Whatever, Sean. I know, I know, <laughs> but I, I think Carson Wentz is going to show us a little something this year. That you know what. The pub that he's been getting nationally, guys like Cowherd, as much as we don't like him, he's going to show you that uh, he, he deserves that pub at the end of this year. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, like I've been saying, I think they kind of, you know, backed themselves into a, an okay, an okay, decent, creative enough play caller. Will uh, will It'll change a lot of people's minds, and everybody will make fun of uh, Lombardi going forward. With that being yes. said, Sean, are you ready? I am ready, boys. We ring the bell on underdogs, correct? Uh, yeah, yes, we no, did. We ring on the challenges. bell on disagreements. Yeah, on challenges only. <laughs> so if I go, I yeah, yeah, exactly. You get it. Let love us it. get to the NFL picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here come the BGN Radio NFL picks on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The NFL picks are brought to you by the casino at Delaware Park. The sports book at Delaware Park is open to wagers and... You can watch all of the pro games tomorrow. Go online at DelawarePark.com. Delaware Park is the lottery agent of the Delaware Lottery, and you must be 21 to play. Jack Fritz, where are we heading to first, my friend? All right, we are first headed to Cincinnati, where Marvin Lewis just stopped his own tradition of sending an email with where the bodies are buried to the Bengals <laughs> owner. <laughs> where the line opened at Cincinnati minus one and is now Cincinnati minus three. X, very, uh, very shifty. Vegas isn't sure what to do this week. I've noticed that. Or the at least the, the Sharks might know what's going in because the money's coming in heavy. Uh, who do you have in this one, Sean? Cincinnati minus three at home against Baltimore. This is the easiest game of the weekend, boys. I know it's always split between these two teams, but the Ravens aren't ready. The Bengals come out, and they come out hot week one. Give me Marvin Lewis and the Bengals week one. Marvin Lewis and the Bengals. Week one for Sean. James, where are you heading in this one? Uh, like, all I wanted to do was ring the bell. This is such a bummer that I'm not <laughs> going to ring the bell here. Cincinnati 5-0 and straight up against the spread. Their last five at home against the Ravens. The Ravens just beat up Joe Flacco. I'm going to stick with the home team and take the Bengals, but I think it's close. Yeah, Flacco hasn't been 100% this offseason at all either, so I'm going with the Bengals here. Ooh, not yet. <laughs> not yet, because I can't. I can't do it. I, I, I'm in I'm in agreements with you. I think uh, that they kind of have a, a little bit of a bounce back here. It was a really bad, weird year for them. They've got some offensive weapons, and basically for my own fantasy purposes, I hope A.J. Green is okay and goes off in this one. Jack, where are we heading to next, sir? All right, we are going to Green Bay, where Russell Wilson just woke up in a cold sweat thinking about his offensive line. <laughs> it is Green Bay. It started at Green Bay minus three. It is still Green Bay minus three. I uh, I know that the the smart money is probably still on Green Bay because they haven't moved that line at all. For some reason, I think they kind of break the trend a little bit here. And I know Seattle's not great away. But I'm digging that Seattle Seahawks defense with the new Richardson edition. I'm taking Seattle a plus three, Sean. Yes, 
And you know what? As much as I want to go against you just so we can do it, but I can't do it here. I, I like the defense. I think it takes a couple weeks for Rodgers and the offense to get in sync. I do. I like Seattle to come over to victory tomorrow. I, I, I love Cam Chancellor in that defense. That was awesome. It's so fun to do that again. I'm so happy it's back. Look, uh, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Like, what else do we need to say? Not to mention the fact Green Bay 5-0 and straight up in its last five home games against Sarah. Last five games against Seattle. Rodgers, Lambeau. I know the Seahawks got Sheldon Richardson, but still, I have to go with Green Bay. They're not losing at Lambeau. They finished the season hot last year. Remember, they got off to a bad start. They mm-hmm. got off to the pretty hot at the end, so... I'm sticking with them. Uh, so we're split on that. It is two versus two. Jack Fritz, where are we heading to next, sir? All right, we're headed to Dallas where Cowboys fans are confused as to whether or not they think the Cowboys are better with Zeke or better without Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> and the line open at Dallas minus six is Dallas minus four. Sean, uh, it's uh, this one's another interesting one. Where are you heading to here? Uh, you know, it's interesting, but I think it's another easy one. I love Dallas in this game. I do. Uh, I know the Giants have a, have a pretty good defense. I know they showed us that last year, but I think that offensive line is as good as advertised. You're going to get an aggressive Zeke. I think he's too dumb to realize what is actually happening right now. Uh, you know, most players would be lost in the shuffle if they were suspended, coming back, suspended. They want to know, but I think Zeke gets away with it. He just hits the ground running, and the Dallas runs away with it tomorrow. Oh, ring the bell! Yeah. I don't think Dallas loses this game, but I just got a feeling it's going to be awfully, awfully close. I love Giants covering the spread in this one, BLG. No Odell Beckham, though, or at least... 50-50, not 100% certain to go. Well, they still need nine players on defense to actually do something. Mm, so I just, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't feel good about this one either way. I, I'm tempted to take the points the way the Cowboys did beat the, the, or sorry, the Giants beat the Cowboys last year and seem to have their number. But I'm going to take Dallas in the hopes of jinxing them. Ring the bell Double again! ring! Double ring there! Giants 4-0-1 against the spread against Dallas in the last five games. They've owned the Cowboys. I think the Giants go in there with or without Beckham and win the game outright. All right. The most important one, uh, Robin Tank coming up after us. Sean, Washington opens up at a as a minus two and a half favorite. It is swung, and depending on where you're looking right now, it's either one or one and a half for the Eagles, who's winning tomorrow afternoon. I just don't know how you could pick against the Eagles here. I don't know how you could. I think the Eagles showed you enough of what you needed to see in the preseason. It was limited, but I'm not going against them week one. They go down to D.C., and they end that streak, and they come home with a victory. Yeah, no bell ringing here. Eagles win, and I think they win by a touchdown or more. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I think I, they're due for an embarrassment. I'll take 10 points, 27-17 Eagles. The Eagles want this game more. They're going to do it. Yeah, they won wow, this game more than right. There it is. Across the board, we all picked the Eagles, which might be a curse. But I hear, Sean Brace, you got a little something for us before we go. Yeah, real quick. You know, it was so cringeworthy in the hard knocks this year that Jameis would, would, would rhyme with his, <laughs> with his quarterback before they would enter. And it was so cringeworthy, you'd hide underneath the covers while well, I said, you know what? What better what a way to welcome week one to write you guys a poem. All oh, right? Beautiful. Wow. Wow. Now, as usual, I need you to repeat after me. Okay. So here we go. One, two, three into the four. One, One two, two, three into the four. Carson Wentz and them Eagles coming out the dough. Carson, Carson Wentz and them Eagles, Eagles coming out the dough. Now I sure as hell don't know how to rhyme. Now I sure, sure as hell don't, don't know, know how, how to rhyme. rhyme. 
but I know reading Bleeding Green Nation is how you should spend your time. But I know <laughs> reading Bleeding Green Nation is how you should spend your time. Amen. Now the time has come to see if we're right. Now the time has come, come to, to see, see if, if we're, we're right. right. Will Doug P. be the man or will you exit stage right? Will Doug, Doug P. be the man or exit, exit stage right? right? Finally, no matter what. Finally, finally no, no matter, matter what, what. The link will be rocking eight times this year, and that's what's up. <laughs> the link will be rocking eight times this year, and that's what's up. What's up? Well done. One sh- last thing before I let you go. One last thing before I let you go. A shameless plug for my show. A shameless plug for my show. Yo, Fox Twenty Nine tomorrow night, ten thirty. Sports Sunday. Me, G Cup. Sean Brace from Fox Twenty Nine. Thanks so much for joining us. That's going to do it for the Week One edition of BGN Radio. We are so pumped. We will see you tomorrow morning on the WIP Facebook page, eight a.m. to ten a.m. And then uh, you'll hear me right on the pregame show. Shout out to everyone uh, in Florida, Irma. It's up. My mom is down there. She is listening right now. I love you, mom. Uh, everyone, be careful. Down there. Stay safe. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP.